Well, good morning. How are we doing today? Hey, the Buckeyes won last night. Why aren't we more excited? Come on. This is why all the Buckeye fans stayed up late watching it, and they're all watching it online right now. The people here probably aren't. Oh, okay, maybe not. Well, if you're here this morning, we're so glad to have you. And for those of you watching us online, we're, we're so glad to have you joining us there as well. Um, brand new series starting today, mine. Uh, for those of you who aren't parents yet and hope to be parents at some point, there's, there's, there's one thing that you will not have to teach your kids, or will have to teach your kids, sorry. You will have to teach your kids how to share. And all the parents said yes, right? They, they're really good at holding tightly to what is theirs. And you don't have to teach them how to hold tightly. You, you do have to teach them how to share. From, from the earliest days of, of being on this earth, we are really good at saying mine, right? We're really good at holding close, tight to what we think is ours. And I have to, I have to start with an apology today. Um, this is the first series that we are doing as a launched church on generosity. We've talked about generosity, but this is the first series that we're in, and, and everybody's like getting up and walking. We're like, oh gosh, we're going to talk about the M word. Uh, this is the first series that we, we've actually devoted to talking about generosity. Um, and the reason, some of you are like, why are you apologizing for that? That's why we've enjoyed it here. You've never talked about money, and you've never, this is awesome. And now, that, now you're like questioning whether press is the church you want to be at. And for those of you who are new or watching for the first time, or you're like, oh, I knew it. This was coming. They're, they're going to they're gonna tell me I need to give all my money. So part of the reason I'm apologizing is that as we look in Scripture, there's a lot that Scripture has to say about our stuff, a lot, of, a lot about our money, a lot about our things, and a lot about the posture of our heart. If we did something like posture or heart, if you're not like a church person, that, that probably sounds really weird. But like how you approach things, how you view things, how you, how you um, hold on to things, uh, that shows your posture, or that shows your, like, the, where your heart is, right? Um, and, and I think that it's important to talk about these things. And so I'm, I'm just apologizing that we haven't talked about this a whole lot. And we're gonna dig into it this, this, these next couple weeks and talking about, uh, talking about generosity. And, and one great thing about this, uh, and if you've been a part of press at any point, the, the one great thing is even with us not talking about this very much, you guys have been an extremely generous church. Like, there are people that I know in this room who are watching online who have been extremely generous, um, who have given above and beyond even what uh, they think they should give, even to the point of it being uncomfortable. And so I don't want this series to feel like it's uh, some bashing series, like, well, you guys are really terrible at this, and so now we're going to talk about it because you're so bad. Uh, it's more like, hey, this is good stuff to talk about because it's more than just about giving money. It's about where is our heart in this? Uh, what is God calling us to do? What are we holding on to? What are we putting our trust in? Um, and so I'm looking forward to it. I'm also, like, just waiting to see landmines everywhere because I'm sure I'm going to say something that's going to like tweak somebody a little bit. And if you've been in the church at all, you've heard, you've had messages on money. And so uh, this series uh, may have the potential to, to have me say something that you don't like. Um, and so I hope and pray that, that the Spirit of God speaks through me 
that I can speak about this in a way that is not uh, to bring judgment or shame or to try to coerce you into giving a certain amount of money because uh, if you don't, then God hates you or you're going to hell or something like that. Like that's, that's definitely not the approach that we're going to be taking with this. Rather, we see, uh, we see generosity in Scripture. We see principles in Scripture that speak to this. And so we want to be uh, consistent in, in our messaging. So, where do we go from here? Um, I didn't look at my notes that whole section, so I'm like checking to see if there's something I've missed that I really want to ch talk about. No. So, you guys are doing a great job. Way to go. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about generosity. It's going to be good. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think God has some good things in store for this series. So, with that, let's jump in to the Pastor Car video where me, CR, and Jason start talking about generosity. Here we go. We could have called this Not Your Average series on money. Or no one would believe it. No. All you have to do is say you're talking about money and it's in a church and it's like, ah, I knew it. Yep. As, all about as we're talking, people are getting up. Right, and yeah. leaving. No, people are too nice to do that. They just won't come back. <laughs> right, we're, we're, we're going to be that church. Too. I knew they were going to talk knew about money. Were, I knew they were. Every about. church, every... that's all they care about is money. <laughs> so I get it, though. If you're, like, you know, stepping into this space yeah. of this church environment and there's all these cultural narratives and concepts about how church all they ever want is your money and it's also points to a lot of false theology that's all about a transactional exchange yeah. if i do this for god he then has to I'll, do this for right me, yeah and that's false right it's not about that at all and that is not what the scriptures are telling us i don't know i can find some verses cr that it seems like that you can find lots of verses that seem like lots of things. Uh, surface reading of a lot of the scriptures will give you a very surface. I feel like I've theology. seen memes that yeah. have oh these well, verses then it must be them. true. Right? If it's a meme on Facebook or Twitter. It must yeah. be true. I think the question of what you hold on to is absolutely at the core of this mind concept because we're not talking about just money. Right. I mean, that's the initial thing. And, and obviously in the bumper you see money <laughs> yeah. and, and time. But those are things that we typically hold on to, right? But we hold on to a lot of other stuff, you know. Uh, those things kind of like poke in at certain things like social status and, you know, our influence and things yeah. like that. But we might actually be holding on more to the social status and the influence than we are the actual money or the time mm. itself. Yeah, because the money sometimes gives us the social status. Right, or, yeah. You know, the ability to, to have it. And I think there's this other issue here where people may feel like all the church ever does is talk about how all these things are evil and wrong. Money, yeah. spending time to yourself, and social status. Actually, no. None of those things are They're not wrong evil in, in and of themselves, right? It's just how we hold on pursuit, to them and we the pursuit yeah. of those, what you well, do to get hold that. value on yeah. those things greater than God. They, they demonstrate where our heart is. Yes, and so that's where you know it's that 
values clarification, right? Where you start to see what's really important. And this is again where generosity becomes one of those tension points that just demonstrates what's mm. actually important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to what's important, I think um, I think we have stuff that we that we want to be important, uh, and then we have stuff that's actually important. Um, this is somewhat convicting for myself because I can say um, I can say my wife and my family are important to me; they're a priority. Uh, but then I would have to then ask the question: Well, what am I doing to show that that's actually true? Am I am I choosing me more than I choose them? Am I choosing to do something that I enjoy or I want more than I give to them? And so we, we have this disconnect a lot of times in our lives where we'll, we'll say something is important. We'll say something is very meaningful to us, but when we actually take a step back and look, there's not a whole lot of indicators pointing to the fact that that's actually true. Um, anybody have iPhones in here? Who has an iPhone? And if you're watching, get out your iPhone. This is like the only time I'm gonna tell you to get, get out your phone. And, and go to your settings. This is a fun little exercise. I don't, know, I don't know if Android or any of those others have something like this, but all right, so you go to your settings. Now go to, um, go to battery. You're gonna scroll down past, like it's in your settings, go down to battery, and then click on battery for me. This is a fun little, fun little exercise. If, if you scroll down, um, it'll show you, you know, how much screen time you've had and stuff like that. But then, then what's really fun is it'll show you a percentage. Some of you guys are smiling already. It'll show you a percentage of, of how much of your battery has been used by certain apps. If, if I would have asked you before you looked at that what you spend the most time on your phone, would you have guessed that as your number one thing? Or if I would have, you know, asked you, you know, how often you are on Facebook, and you, oh, I don't really check Facebook that much, and yet, you know, for a lot of you, Instagram or Facebook or your favorite, I don't know, game or, you know, YouTube, something like that, I almost guarantee you will be taking up, I, for those of you that don't have an iPhone, basically this is showing the percentage of how much these apps are taking up uh, for your battery life, like, and so, like, I'm not even gonna tell you mine because that would just be silly to tell you mine without telling you. That's just unfair. Um, what, what's <laughs> Spotify? Yeah, that one's, yeah. I've got some games in there. Um, I tend to sit in bed at night and play silly games that I, anyways. That's my, I'm confessing to you. I wish I could have each of you come up and say like a guilty pleasure of like, well, I play the silly game that is pointless. Um, we, we all need those things. All that to say, what's the point here? Okay, all I'd say is there's, there's things in our lives that we would say are important or you would think are a priority, and yet when we actually look at what we're spending our time on, what we're spending our money on, what we're doing, it doesn't always add up. And so I think for a lot of us, we say, oh, this is important or this is what we want to do, but then we lack the follow-through to actually do that. We, we lack that... Um, I don't know, self-control to do that. And I, 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 so I think we can be a bad judge of ourselves with that. But the problem in even judging yourself is judging ourselves is so comparative. Because what we'll do is I'll say, you know, you'll go to your friend, hey, how much, how much battery life did your Instagram take up or whatever? And you're like, you know, they'll say like 30%. And you're like, well, I was only at 27. So I'm not as bad as them, right? So it's a comparative thing. 
We think we're doing good because they're worse than us, right? And that's how we live life so much. We, we say they're, well, they don't really do that much. So compared to them, I'm doing great. Compared to that, oh, they, they, never, they never do anything good. I, I know what, what, what they're spending time on, what they're spending money on, and I, you know, I don't do it that much. And so this is the problem with kind of life in general is we, we, we have an, a reality that's actually reality, and then we have a reality that we kind of tell ourselves is, is the reality. Was anybody surprised by their percentages, by the way? No? <laughs> Once you think about it, you're like, yeah, that makes sense, right? But it's convicting. It's like going to your bank account and, and looking through the, like, the itemized lists of what you're actually spending money on. It's, it's like, ooh, wait, I spent that, how much, how much did I spend on eating out last month? How much did I spend on whatever, this frivolous thing that I don't need in my life? It, it's, it's convicting. So this series, we're going to be really digging into what does it look like to be a generous person? What does the Bible say about it? Why should I care? Um, and so in, and instead of holding so tightly to what we have and the things we have, how can we start opening up our hands and being more generous? If you have your Bibles with you today, I want you to turn to 1 Chronicles. I'm sure many of you were reading 1 Chronicles this week, right? 1 Chronicles. This, uh, this passage that we're going to be reading through takes place, we're going to be in chapter 29, by the way, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. This story that we're going to be reading takes place at the end of King David's life. He was in he was basically preparing Solomon to take over uh, the kingdom, like he's beginning the all these things. And so this takes place at the end of David's life. Um, and so I'm gonna we're gonna read here. This is something that this is this is David. And now because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I'm giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help. In the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I've already collected for his holy temple. By the way, so they are building the temple, okay? This is, this is in the process of them building the temple. If you, yeah. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold from Ophir and 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings and for the other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen. Now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? So here's what we're going to do today. I want, I want everybody to start collecting all of their, their resources, uh, all your savings, everything. Take out 401ks, take out like, all these like, things you've been working toward. We're just going to take them out, and we're, I want you to give them. Isn't that the point of this? Isn't that, isn't that what he wants us to do? Okay, maybe, that, maybe that's a bad reading. Maybe that's a bad reading. There's, there's something when we look at Scripture that we like to say. You have prescriptive verses, and you have descriptive verses. This verse is a descriptive verse. It's describing what David did. David took these things. Now, there's people, uh, potentially pastors out there, who would actually say what I just said and not be joking. They would literally be like, this is what David did, so it's right, so you need to, like, you need to be giving in this way, because that's what he did. And everybody's, and it's like, oh, gosh. You're like, wait, is he really going here? No, I'm, I'm not really going there. But we look at this, and this, this is describing what, what David did, how much he gave, what he gave to, why he was giving. 
if, if they were prescriptive, again, it would be like a joke of, yes, we need to collect money and you need to give to this building. We need to, we need to, uh, I think we need some gold walls, right? Does anybody, can you any have like gold bricks? We need you to donate. We can get some gold walls in here and some silver. That would, wouldn't that be good, right? That would be good. No, it wouldn't be good. And that's not the point of this verse. The point of this verse isn't to show, oh, David did this, so now all of a sudden this is a formula to be used. This is not a formula verse. It is showing, however, there's some truths in here. There are, there are some things in here that we do need to look at that. And part of it is what's behind this generosity? What is behind David doing what he did? Notice he didn't talk about tithing. He didn't talk about anything like that. And this is, again, this is like Old Testament. I know a lot of times we like to use Old Testament and uh, laws to, to make people do certain things. But there's no talk of tithing. It was just letting you know what David did. So what I want to do, I want to move on. If you, still, if you have your Bibles open, we're going to move to like three or four verses down. In verse 10, there's a prayer that David prays after giving this. And I want to read that together. This is 1 Chronicles 29, verses 10 through 17. It says, Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. And, and really focused to this prayer. It says, O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord. And this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. And at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you. And we give you only what you first gave us. We are here for only a moment, visitors and strangers in the land, as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. O Lord, our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all this with good motives, and I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. When I read this prayer, there's a couple things that stand out, and we're going to work through this today. There are a couple things that stand out to me. The first one is this. David's generosity was sincere. It's the first thing I, I see when, I, when I'm reading this, there is a sincerity to this, uh, to this giving. Uh, now, some of you could say, all right, he's a king, he probably has a bunch of money, and okay, well, he's given out of his excess, and I, anybody have 112 tons of gold lying around? Or 262 tons? Of, so you can't tell me that, that you give 160, 112 tons of gold and don't feel that. You can't tell me you give 262 tons of silver and you don't feel that. Like, that's... And, and even in that verse, it, it says, I'm giving all of my own private treasures. Like, this, this was a big deal. And yet in this prayer... 
I see, I see no signs of regret. I see no signs of, like, of him being coerced into doing this or no signs of him, like, just wanting everybody to, like, oh, look at David. How You're so great giving all of this. Oh, way to go, David. Like, I don't see that. Now, I don't know David's heart here. I'm not there. But there's a sincerity in this prayer that I see. Like, there's a part of me, if I was saying this prayer after that, I'd be like, God, I, I just really gave a lot, and I'm going to need you to help replace that somehow. Like, I, I'm going to need some help after that. That's, that's a big deal. And you, you, don't, you don't see that. And when I look at this, when I look at this prayer, it, to me, it seems like the way that he gave, like his form of gen- generosity was less about, was less about sticking to a certain formula. Like, oh, I'm going to give 10%. Or I'm gonna, it was less about a formula and more about it being an expression of his heart towards God. It was an expression of his uh, love for God, his heart in the whole matter. You see that, you know, in the, in, at the end, in verse 17, it says, you, you know I have done all this with good motives, and I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. Like, this... This generosity that we see here was, was purposeful in a way that wasn't just like, oh, I'm supposed to, or I'm just doing the right thing, or, well, you know, if I don't do this, I'm going to be looked bad. It's like we get to be a part of something, and it's sincere. And, and like I said, I, I don't know his heart. I mean, Scripture says that David was a man after God's own heart. I don't know, and we, and we don't know. But there seems to be insincerity here. And when I think about for, for me, and maybe for us here, when you, when you have been generous, when you have, when you have given, what, what was the motivation? Why? Why, why have you done that? In, in the back of your head, was it because you think like, well... <clears throat> If I do this, and that's a good thing, and I think God's going to you know, bless me because I'm doing this, and so I should get something out of this if I give. Or has it been to be seen? Like, oh, well, if I, if I do this, then I'll be seen. You know, David, oh my gosh, David, you gave so much gold and so much silver. How great are you? Like, what, for us, what is our motivation in the ways that we are generous with our time, with our money, with our resources, with whatever it is? Is it because you've been coerced? Again, some of you have been a part of churches that are really like, you know, it's like, hey, we're not leaving this room until we get a certain amount, and, and if you don't do this, then God's not blessing you, and you're going to lose your job. And like, you, You've had some pretty unhealthy teachings on generosity and on giving. But I, I do think we need to ask that. Like, why am I giving the way that I give? Or why am I not giving the way that I'm not giving? What is the motivation behind it? Because when I, when I see... You know, verses like this in Chronicles, I see people who are excited to give. They're giving towards a purpose. They're giving towards something. And it's not just to say, check, I did the right thing, or check, I gave the right amount. It's, it's I'm, I'm happy to do this. There's, there's a joy in this. And are we, are we that way? Do we give joyously, or do we just give because we're supposed to? And the second, one of the second main things that I see in this, so you got, you got I, I think David was very sincere in his giving. The second thing I see is this, God owns it all. God owns it all. 
you look through that prayer over and over again. It's like, he, it's like he's saying it like five, ten different ways. Like, God, you, I only give this because you allowed me to have it. You own everything. You are in control. It's like he, he keeps finding other ways as he's praying to acknowledge this, this truth. Like, God, God, you, you own it all. It's yours. And again, talking about questioning and like asking questions of myself, like, do I actually view God that way? Do I view God as the owner of my stuff? Like how he said that. <laughs> the, my stuff. Is God the owner of my stuff? <laughs> no, it's my stuff. Is God the owner? This is a tough one. I'm going to be, like, I'm, I'm just being real. As, I'm as authentic and real as I can be with you. This is hard. Because the, the, the right thing to say is God owns it all. That's the right thing to say. But deep down, do we really feel that way? Do I really, when I, when I look at my house... When I look at the money in my savings or in my IRA or in, you know, my 401k, whatever it may be, do, do, do I think it's like, oh, God, thank you for lending me this. No, I think, hey, I worked really hard for that. I went to school, got education, worked my tail off, got in a position, worked my way up, did this, did that. Like, that's, that's a result of what I've done. So, like... I can say, God, you own it all. And in that verse, in that prayer, it surely feels like David is saying, God, you own it all, and it's yours. But it, when it comes down to it in practical application, you can't tell me that that's how you really feel. Maybe you can. Maybe you've worked through it enough. I struggle with that. And if I struggle with that, I'm assuming I'm not the only one. There was a, there's a, like a phrase in like, church world of like, you know, I, I can't do anything without God, or you can't do anything without God. My whole life, I've been wrestling through what does that actually mean? What does it actually look like? Like, I, God didn't, like, kick me out of bed this morning. I got up on my own, I think. It felt that way. What, what is, what does that actually look like? God interacting through me and in me and, like, it's like, I was the one who put the time into that. Like, isn't that the fruits of my labor? And yet when we, when we bring it back to the basics, like bring it back, 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 it's like you ask yourself, who gave you the ability to do that? Who gave you the ability to learn that skill? Who gave you the ability to know how to work numbers and invest properly? Who gave you the ability to, to speak, to play music, to walk? At the end of the day, we control very little. And we like to tell ourselves that we control a lot, but we, we, we really don't. Think about the beginning of the pandemic. How, how out of control, or I should say maybe how in control did you feel? I didn't feel very much in control. I felt like I was being tossed around, back and forth, what to believe, what to do. I can't control any of this. Is this going to kill me? Is this good? Is this bad? Do I need to mask? Do I not need to mask? Facts, no max. Like, 
It's in times like that that you start to see how little we actually control. And I think this, this idea that God owns it all, it's going to be hard to work through. I, I, I truly believe that. Like, I still wrestle with that. Like, what, what is mine? What is God's? But I think if we can start working towards viewing it this way, you are setting yourself up to be a much more generous person. Because here's what I believe. I think generosity conveys who or what we put our faith in. I'll say it again. Generosity conveys who or what we put our faith in. When you put your faith in, in, in money or in your abilities or in your time, you're, you're going to treat those things differently because giving that away feels like you're giving away power. You're, you're giving away control. So heaven, I can't, I can't give that away. That's mine. We're back to the series. It's mine, 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 my mine. It's all mine. Yet when we think of it as in terms of what God has given you, now it starts to feel a little different. You see a bigger purpose in it. Okay, okay God, if, if you've put me in this position, if you've put me in the place that I'm in, with the resources, whether that be in lack or in excess, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? What should I do with that? And when it all comes down to it, and this is my main point for today, you are a steward of all God has given you. You are a steward. We are stewards. God has given you resources. He has given you opportunity. He has given you time. He has given you strengths and areas and spiritual gifts. He's given you certain family members. He's, he's not given you certain family members. He's not given you certain things. But the things that you do have, you are a steward of. And so when we think about this, I mean, starting with generosity, the foundation of God owning all of it, God in control of all of it, and that's a, that's a big foundation to start on. And I think this is why generosity and money and stuff is so hard for us and why it can be such an idol for us because that, it, it just feels scary. Don't take away what I put my trust in. Don't tell me I have to give away what I put my trust in. This is safety for me. Having a certain amount in my bank account, that's safety. You don't know what I grew up in. I grew up in a household where I wasn't provided for. I have to have this. I had parents that didn't provide for me, and so I've worked really hard to make sure that I don't feel the same way or my kids don't feel the same way that I did when I was a kid. And now you're telling me to give? You don't know my story. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've put through to get to this place. And that's, that's a reality for some of us. We don't talk about generosity just to fill our bank accounts as a church. We talk about generosity because get, this goes down deeper than just money. It gets into insecurities. It gets, in, it gets into what I put my hope and my trust and my faith in. I can say, remember we talk about realities? I can say I trust God completely. But don't ask me to give sacrificially. That's, a, that's an area that's off limits. 
and the reality is some of you have been a part of churches, like I said, that have, that have been very um, destructive with money and have, have not been honest about these sort of things. And so you're, you're going to have to work through that. And we want to help you work through that. But when I think about this, God owns everything, and we're a steward of that everything. How are we stewarding what God has given us? And how are we working towards seeing God owning everything and giving everything that we have? That's a, it's big. It's not a small step. But I think this is why talking about this sort of stuff is so hard for us. As we, as we begin to close, there's, there's kind of three main facets of this series that will be consistent throughout, throughout the series. One is there are biblical principles about generosity. This is a hard issue, all right? When we talk about generosity, it's, it's a hard issue. So we're going to, every week, there, there's going to be hard issues that we talk about. Not to coerce you, not to, again, shame you or guilt you or anything else, but, like, these are things we have to work through. It's good to work through them. Scripture talks about them. So we're, we're, we're going to do that. If we want to be a generous church, we have to talk about generosity and why we, we, why we would be generous, why we would be generous. The second is, we're, we're an organization that has a budget. We have, we have needs. And if, if you are somebody that calls Press Church home, we want you to be a part of supporting this. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be, like, shy about that. Like, if, if this is home to you, like, I want you to be a part of what we're doing here. And we have, we have needs. So the church, we work on a, on a $300,000 budget. To some of you are like, wow, that sounds like a lot. To some, that sounds like a little. We work on about a, a, a $300,000 budget. And, and that comes from all of you, from, from people here that supported, people here that are in different states that support. Um, we work on a $300,000 budget. To, to date, at the, at the end of August, we've brought in about $193,000 just over $193,000 as a church. And we've spent around 200. So we're running at about a six, $7,000 deficit right now. It's not why we're doing this campaign, it's just me letting you know where we're at. Now, if you know anything about church finances, that number changes every day. We have people who give at the beginning of the month, we have people who give at the end of the month, in the middle of the month, and in quarters, and different times, and that's, that number jumps around all the time. But so, so that's where we're at right now, if, if you want to know. I want to be very transparent and honest in this series. Like, we have nothing to hide. Um, we've got, we have people who oversee the budget. So myself, CR, and Jason, we agree upon the budget. We let the, the council look that over. And then we have two people who are non-staff members that look at the budget and have looked at the books. And so we try to be above board in everything. If you come to me with a check or with money, I say, don't give it to me. Give it to Jason or somebody else. I try not to touch money. Try to do everything I can to be above board when it comes to this sort of thing. But we have needs. And, and for, for what we're doing, uh, that's where we're at. That's where we're at with, with this organization, our needs. Now, the next thing that we're going to be talking about is where we're going. We have a vision of what we want to do, things that we want to do. And those things have a dollar sign on them. They don't just come for free. And so we're going to talk about some of the things that we want to do in this coming year that require resources. And so we're going to be getting into some really brass tacks of what things cost, where we want to go, and how we want you to be a part of that. And so I'm going to be as 
open and upfront and straightforward with you as I possibly can. Because we need you. That's, that's bottom line. If, if Press Church is gonna do what we have a vision to do, we need you, we need your support. And that is something that I am not gonna coerce you into. And we're gonna be getting to more verses and getting into more theology and more uh, scriptural references that, that talk about generosity. But I, I don't want a penny from you if you think it's out of guilt or if it's out of, well, I'm supposed to do this or I'm gonna be a better person. I want you to be a joyful giver. I want us, I want all of us to get to a point where we can be like David after we give money and say, God, you are so good and I wanna be a part of what you're doing. And that's what I want us to do is I hope that as leadership, we can convey to you what we're doing, where we're going and why your finances matter here and how those finances and how that time and that energy and all the things that you give, why those things are making a difference, why those things are impacting people's lives. And the great thing is you're already doing it. We already have generous people. But, and, and this, is, this is something where, we're, like I said, we're gonna get into dollar figures and I just wanna be honest with you. And if you have questions, please come talk to us. Let us know if you have questions. We'd be more than happy to be straightforward with you on what's going on. And so maybe some of you today are like, hey, this is great, I, I enjoy this sort of thing. Maybe some of you are like, oh, I'm not coming back for the next three weeks because I don't wanna talk or hear about money again and I don't wanna be, <laughs> I don't wanna be challenged. Please come back, please continue to watch, be in person. This is important and it's not just important you know, at Press Church, God forbid, my hope is that Press Church, you know, we, we do something in this community. That, that the, the spiritual IQ, that the, 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 the amount of people who follow Jesus, that because of Press Church, I'd love to see make a difference here in Powell and beyond, into Delaware and beyond. But if, if Press were to not be anymore, God's still going to move. And, and no matter what, I want to be a part of what God is doing and where God is moving. And this is what we see with David. He saw God moving and doing something and he wanted to be a part of it. It was bigger than just giving my tithe or giving because I'm supposed to. It was because he's giving to something, for something, for a reason. And so we're gonna talk about that. Next three weeks, come back, be around. Dylan, you can, you can come up. I actually, I. You know, in, in preparing for this, um, this series, I was actually really excited. A lot of times it's, it's like I said, there's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of landmines when talking about money. And uh, there's a lot of things that can, can kind of tweak people a little bit because of their past or because of other things they've gone through. And I want to be sensitive to that. Um, but as I said, this goes deeper than just talking about money goes to a heart issue. And we want to be a generous church. And if we're gonna be a generous church, we have to talk about this. All right, you guys got through the first Sunday of our generosity series. How are we feeling? <laughs> you made it through. You got through it. We're actually gonna be locking the doors. Um, and we're gonna be taking a donation. <laughs> I had to, sorry. <laughs> we will not be doing that. 
We do appreciate generosity. We appreciate your support. We can't do what we do without you. And I want you to know that. And I try really hard. If you are a new giver and I haven't, I, I try to reach out to every single new giver and thank them. And I know some of us, we've, we've been around probably long enough where I, I, you were already giving, and so I hadn't thanked you yet. For everybody here who is giving of their resources, and not just money, but their time, your volunteering, thank you. I mean that. Thank you. It means a lot. But I also see where we can go, and I see some deficits, and I see, hey, if we, if we really want to do some of the stuff, it's, it's going to require more. So be in prayer. Be praying for us as leadership. And I'll be praying for, for all of us as well in our hearts and our posture of, of how we hold on to what's mine or what we think of as mine. Let's pray. God, we, we thank you for this opportunity to talk about generosity, the opportunity to talk about, um, about what we tend to put our hope and our faith and our trust in. And God, I pray through this series that you can begin to, to shape us in a way that this is not something that's uncomfortable or um, ugly or hard, but this is something that, that motivates us to give to something beyond us and that we can be truly joyful givers, that we can be joyful in our generosity, excited about what our input, our, our peace is able to do. And when we come together, God, to see you make things happen through us, God, I pray that we would see ourselves as stewards, that we would see you as the owner. And that, God, you would do amazing things through us. We love you. We thank you for all that you are doing. It's your name we pray. Amen.